Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Don, how can I help you? Yes, sir. I uh, enjoy your show. Thanks. Uh, heard your call, uh, comments about, you know, a foam type um, insulation. Uh-huh. Uh, and I have some concerns because... Uh, you know, my, me and my wife uh, finally built our little lake cabin down at Cedar Creek Lake, and we really love it and all. But um, I, you know, was convinced through contractors and such that to uh, to put the foam open cell in the walls, and then it is uh, it is off the ground. It's like pure and beam. Okay. And one inch of uh, closed cell underneath the house. Okay. To kind of seal it from you know critters or you know it, it gets really hard to under underneath stuff uh but the question is i mean it does look like they have a i gotta talk to the ac guy but they have a fresh air vent uh right. that's close to you know the, it's in the sidewall um which is quite a bit off the ground but uh like right underneath the gutters and all anyway um is there anything I should be looking out for or do differently or make sure I have that would prevent it from molding? I'm, I'm a little worried now. After well, your program. because you're using this as a, a weekend place, correct? That's correct, yes. Make sure you, yeah, you got to make sure you keep the system on all the time. You know, so okay. often people that have weekend homes, if they know they're not going to be there for several weeks, they'll either shut a system off completely or turn Uh the system so far out of whack, it doesn't come on enough to keep the air circulated, and that will create problems for you. Let me tell you what I've got. I've got a Nest Learning thermostat I can adjust on my phone. Uh I'm keeping it at 85 degrees. Is that too hot? I, I personally wouldn't turn mine that hot. Okay, uh, what would you say is a good number? You know, be, because of the energy efficiency of them and such, realistically, uh-huh. if you only turn it up, say, 3, 4 degrees from what okay. you're comfortable at, it'll yes, keep everything running the way it should and and uh, help maintain it. So it's a moisture issue if you get it up to 85. It's holding a lot more moisture in that house. Absolutely, because the system's not coming on. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, like I had several days where it just didn't come on at all. Yep. I mean, I can look at the history on the nest, and it tells you, you know, how long it's been on each day. And one day I accidentally had it on learn, so it stayed on all day. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's not good. But, yes. Okay, well, this is great input. I really appreciate it. I will definitely. So if if I'm going to get mold, where would I look at? Is it, like the lady said earlier, is it in the A-coil or or no, would... typically, you know, if it's going to become, as far as in the coils and stuff, that's all caught if you get your system serviced twice a year like you should. Uh, okay. where, where it's going to become an issue and you're going to see it in the house is going to be like around uh-huh. windows, okay. uh, you know, where the window and yeah. frame and sheetrock meet, areas like that, uh, in the bathrooms, right. places like that, okay. that's where it would show up first. All right, I'll keep my eye out, and I'll make the adjustments you recommended. Okay, thank you, sir. You bet. Take care. One day that we can live there and boat and fish all the time, but not quite there yet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, that's the goal. Yeah, that, that's, that's the American dream. You know, work, work our butt well, off so we can go spend two or three years right. sitting at the lake. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
pretty much what I've done. Yep. <laughs> all right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate so, that. Going out to Terrell. Jack, you doing all right today? Absolutely. Okay, so I have a regular door frame outside, I guess. It's just kind of a standard thing, but at the bottom by the threshold, it's rotting a little bit. Right. The very bottom down there. So can I buy a, a piece that fits in there somewhere? I mean, I could cut it off with an X-Acto saw and, uh, and kind of set another piece in there, or what would you do? Well, you you actually can do that. Um, it's not quite as easy as you think, though, because they, oh, keep, I'm sure it is. they keep adjusting those sizes all the time. So it, yeah. it, it becomes a little bit of a pain to get the right size. And then, of course, sure. to get the cut nice and straight so that the, the two pieces join. But join them together, and then you can use a, either some uh, wood putty or caulking even to fill in. Right the the joint and it 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 comes out looking pretty good okay is that the way um, to do it or well it's, it's either either that or you got to replace the whole door frame so yeah i mean yeah. depending on what you got going somebody told me to use bondo in there and then sand it down i thought that didn't sound that didn't sound really good well, how big an area but, do you uh, have that's the, that's a problem oh it's not it, it's not big at all maybe two inches at the bottom down there that might if I dug it all out I don't know but yeah I'm going to think about it an inch or two and and I yeah. just need to I don't want it to continue right if if you had told me it was only like a, a quarter or half inch then you they they actually make a wood putty or wood type bondo stuff that would work uh-huh. for that but when you start talking a couple inches that's beyond what that stuff's made for okay well maybe it is a quarter inch I'll pray it is but uh, you know, I, I can't. I wonder why they don't make door frames out of uh, some sort of plastic material, PVC or something, so it doesn't do that at the bottom. They should they should anticipate it's going to do that because I think all of them do. They do. But doggone, the, the, the remodelers got to have something. Got to have something to do too. I guess so. That's right. Well, <laughs> everybody's got to make a living. I guess. So, yeah, but uh, realistically, but the reason yeah, they don't. The the the, uh, the plastic woods that are that way don't have the structural strength to handle the door on them. They, they'll bow you. and give too much. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Well, we're all rotting away a little bit, aren't we? So yeah, as time goes on. All right. Thank you, sir. Take care. Bye bye. And uh, you know they actually do make some out of uh, synthetic you can also get steel but the steel does tend to to rust in the bottom as well so there are other options uh but the big thing is to keep them painted and sealed and uh because typically what happens it's not from the side that becomes the issue it's usually from the end of the board and so that's the bottom part that's touching the threshold it, keep that caulked and sealed so moisture doesn't get in there and get to that bottom because that's where it'll start rotting is from the bottom up that way. Uh, and keep everything else painted. And, and wood will last, you know, decades and decades, if not uh, hundreds of years. Look at all the old uh, buildings that are still around. But it, it's all in how it was originally installed 
you know, was it painted properly and stuff when it, and sealed when it was originally installed, and then just keeping that up. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Going to the Woodlands, and Jason, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, how are you? Wonderful. How about you? Good. Hey, I'm doing good. Hey, I had an air conditioner situation where my air conditioner wasn't cooling very good, so called some guys out to do a check, and it was several pounds low on coolant. Okay. So he replaced the coolant, and and he also said if it, if there was a leak, obviously it might it you know it's going to find that same leak. And the other thing is my air conditioning unit and furnace is like 20 years old, 22 years old. Oh my, yeah. So didn't know if it was time if it's lived its life and it was time to replace it. It has lived its life, and it's time to replace it. Now, I I will tell you, you know, a, a lot of air conditioning companies will tell you after 8 to 10 years, oh, no, this thing's too old, don't fix it. You know, if it's a leak and it's a, a 8 or 10-year-old, 12-year-old system, I, I typically tell the guys, let's see if we can find the leak and fix it. Right. At, at 20 years, though, that system is so inefficient compared to putting in a sure. new one. Okay. That your energy savings will more than pay for the unit. Got it. And then, so would you would you recommend replacing the furnace and everything at the same time while they're here? Just knock it all out. At twenty years, absolutely. Okay. And then the last question: Are all the major brands about the same? Rudd, Train, Carrier, or is there one way better than the others? No, they they're definitely not all the same. Um, the, air conditioning systems are actually in in tier levels. You have your your level one, you know, which is your better equipment is going to be uh, American Standard, Train, uh, Carrier, uh, Lennox. Th- those are your top tier systems. Then we uh, we get down into Coleman and Rude and uh, Rudd and and some of the you know second tier stuff. And then we got other systems that are even lower than that. And a lot of times. The, the installers or the the salespeople who are selling some of these lower tier systems will say, "Oh yeah, the, the, you know the that's just this the same system. It's all it's all made the same." And, and I'll I'll use American Standard as an example. Now American Standard and Train, those are both tier one units. They come off the same assembly line. The okay. difference on those two systems is going to be the cabinetry. Ameristar, which is American Sanders, uh, you know, second-tier equipment, is not just the change of the sheet metal box on the outside. There's a difference on the equipment on the inside. And, you know, a lot of times you will get 20 years out of a, a, a Tier 1 type equipment. Uh, and it's going to have more options like the variable speeds and and things like that uh, that make them more energy efficient that you don't have with the lesser, you know, lower tier companies. I'm not going to say that they're bad equipment because they're not. It's just it's not it's not all built the same, and a lot of times they don't all come with the same warranties either. Right. Yeah, so if you're going to put something in your house for 20 years, you might as well get the the good one. And you're saying kind of the not that it's bad, but the root system is it would be in that second tier. Yes. Okay. What, now I, I, the, I will tell you in my, in my own house, I put American Standard, 
and I went with the variable speed. Uh, now, understand, I, I own West Air Conditioning, so I have the option to look at a lot of different equipment. The comfort that you get with that variable speed and the, the noise reduction is the main reason I go with that. I mean, right. uh, and, and it's just unbelievable what it does with the lowering a utility electric bill. We're going to head to Sugarland. Hello, Greg. Yeah, hi, Jim. Uh, I've got two questions uh, related to uh, paint. So the first issue is we're going to do an exterior paint job on our 2004 house. And my biggest concern is the gutters. The, even after pressure washing, they still are kind of just off-color, darker than uh -huh. the regular paint. So I've been to numerous places, and I haven't got two consistent answers yet. So I'm trying <laughs> you now. <laughs> so uh, Well, let me give you another so, non-consistent answer then. No. <laughs> oh, man, don't do that to me. <laughs> So, so like I said, I, I, you know, the siding I'm not worried about. It's just, you know, I want to treat, you know, whatever, what do I need to do to the gutters to ensure that it's going to match the paint of the siding once it's redone? That well, the, the issue you run into and the reason you probably have a, a disc, the different coloration is the fact that they are different materials. And so uh -huh. they heat differently in the summer months. The sun's hitting them differently and, and doing different things to them. Uh, and so that does cause them to fade at a different rate. And that, that's more or less probably what you're dealing with. So oh. once you paint everything, they're going to look the same. But over yeah. time, it's going to continue to change again. Uh-huh. Okay, so... Someone, you know, there's there's talk about whether I just use one of these high quality paints, or do I prime it and paint it first, or well, or do you, do, just... you do both. You you need to clean it up well. You may need yeah. to prime it, and uh, then you definitely want to use a high quality paint because that helps minimize it. But I I will tell you if the the color difference bothers you. What I would suggest is instead of trying to paint everything the same color, use a use a contrasting color to give it some uh -huh. uh, uh, accents that way, uh -huh. and then it doesn't show as they fade differently. I see. Well, the HOA is going to have heartburn over that. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> that would be the first one. We're already got the only non-standard roof in the entire subdivision. They, 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 I don't think they want contrasting gutters. I, there isn't a single house in here with contrasting gutters. Man, uh, okay. they, 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 they need they need they need to get some color in their life. Yeah, yeah, they're like but the the higher the higher end paints, they will hold the yeah. color better for you. Stick with a high-end Sherwin-Williams, Kelly Moore, you know, paints along yep. those lines. Uh, Valspar has some good stuff out there, and, and you'll be fine. And from Bruce and Highlands, repiping an old house. So I'm looking at repiping my house built in 1962. Do I repipe with PEX, Ubinor, or do the process where they sandblast the pipes and recoat the inside? Uh, E-pipe may be what it's called. Pros and cons of each. Well, let's start with that. 
Okay, that is the e-pipe system, but that's not considered a re-pipe. That's just redoing the pipes that you have. Um, both systems work fine. Now, the advantage to going with PEX over Ubinor, or over the uh, e-pipe, rather, is the if you go with an e-pipe system, you need to let the plumbers know when they come out that, hey, this is... Uh, an old galvanized pipe that has the e-pipe system in it because they have to handle it a little bit different when they work on the pipes themselves. Now, a lot of times people think, and, and you ask this question, depending on the damage to cutting open the walls and how much a carpenter will charge to fix it, they are about the same price. PEX replacement might be more when the whole project is done. Well, you're, you know, you're asking about what has to be opened up. And quite frankly, it may be just the opposite. If you do the galvanize, you may end up opening more than if you do the, the uh, e-pipe. The only spots where it has to be opened up is where it connects to a fixture. In other words, uh, where the shower faucet is, where the uh, sink faucets, things like that. So that because you change from the e-pipe to a connection to connect to the uh, fixture itself but even if you do the e-pipe system you have to open up those same connections because everything gets disconnected on an e-pipe system they sandblast you the pipes first then they blow the epoxy coating through and you reattach everything so your your openings in the sheetrock and stuff are going to be virtually the same I personally used to recommend the e-pipe system but with the uh, picks out there now I would highly recommend you take a look at that instead simply because now you're dealing with the new plumbing supply and you don't have to worry about uh, ever dealing with old stuff again like the galvanized pipe so Galen Weatherford I have to replace one of my AC units the company that gave me a bid said it was a carrier unit but the bid came in a Bryant when I questioned them they said the carrier makes Bryant and they are the same unit. True? Uh, no, it's not. Uh, would you recommend going with the Bryant? Reviews don't look bad. Okay. Carrier and Bryant, yes, are sister companies. No question about that. Is a Bryant unit the same as Carrier? No, it is not. They are assembled different, different parts, uh, different assembly lines. Now, if you start taking a look at Train and American Standard, they come actually off the same assembly line. So, that the, you know, there's a lot of AC com uh, systems that are sister companies that way. Uh, Carrier is going to be a better system than a Bryant system. And I, there is nothing, I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with a Bryant, but in air conditioning systems, there's there's a tier level. And... Your upper tiers are going to be American Standard, Carrier, Lennox, uh, Train. You know, those are going to be your top performing systems. The ones that are built the best, built to last, uh, they do use a little bit different parts in them. Then you get down where you've got your Bryant, your Rude, your uh, systems along those lines. Uh, that's a tier two. And then there's the, the tier three systems that are uh, quite a bit less expensive. 
but they're not going to be as quiet. They're not going to typically last as long, not going to be quite as energy efficient. It, it does make a difference. Uh, definitely won't have all the uh, uh, bells and whistles to to peak performance on the system. So um, don't let them try to tell you, oh, it, it's the same unit. It's not. Now, I'm going to tell you a little bit beyond that. Don't get too hung up on just the unit itself. Yes, you want a great unit. Yes, you want one that's going to uh, you know, perform at peak performance and be quiet and all that kind of stuff. You can have the best unit in the world, but if it's not installed properly, it's not going to work. Yes, it'll cool. It'll make you comfortable, but it's not going to work at peak performance. And the unfortunate thing is so often people are shopping the price of the equipment and failing to look at the installers to make sure it's going to be put together properly. And that can make as big a difference as what equipment you buy. You can take, uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, uh, as an example, you could take a cheap system and have it put, on, put in properly and it will outperform a top-tier system put in poorly. And just since we're on air conditioning, just a, another quick note for everybody. If you've been thinking you need to replace your air conditioning systems and you're thinking, well, I'm going to try to put it off one more year, you may want to consider this the year to do your AC system. The government has come out with a new set of regulations. Bless those people who don't know what the heck they're doing with our money. Uh, they are now going to do away with the 14-seer system. They are making them more energy efficient again. And they are trying to do away with the single speed, requiring all systems to be either dual speed or more, you know, dual speed, variable speeds, things like that. So it is drastically going to increase the cost of replacing air conditioning systems. Uh, you know, if you're going to go with a variable speed anyways, this really won't apply to you. But if you are a person who would go with a, uh, you know, lower price system, stick with the single speed blowers and all that kind of stuff, you may want to consider getting your AC work done this year. Now, this doesn't take effect until the end of the year, so it's affecting your 23 purchases. Uh, but I, my personal opinion is I don't know why they got to keep changing it as rapidly as they are because quite frankly the technology isn't improving that much to keep up with these changes they're doing do we have better systems you bet but they're still pretty pricey one last thing as as far as the uh the ac systems uh, again I, I just want to emphasize that is a single speed fan which is what the majority of us have anyways they're just upping it and going to be doing away with the 14 sear and in case you haven't been following it, AC systems have been rapidly increasing in cost. Um, you know, I, I know I had at least three, if not four, price increases for purchasing AC units in the last, uh, oh, I guess in the last eight months. And commercial units, hey, they went up even higher. I just got to notice they went up 15% uh starting on, I think, May 1st, so it, it, it's rapidly changing. Let's talk with uh, Joe in Dallas. How can I help you? Good afternoon, Jim. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? 
Well, I'm enjoying your show as always. Well, thank you. Uh, my question is, uh, we're hanging on the news, and I'm reading in various publications about the uh, material costs and uh, uh, labor costs, the lack of qualified labor, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I'm also reading about these alternative construction methods, such as SIP, structural insulated panels, right, and the the ICF, et cetera, et cetera. And I just wanted to get your take on on uh, the practicality of these other systems, such as SIP and CICFs. Well, you know, I've actually used some of these systems on a on a limited basis on projects I've done, um, and I, they work very well. But if you think you're not going to have to have skilled labor for it, or uh, you know that it's any easier. It's not. It's it's still pretty hard to do. Um, the benefits of some of them is the energy efficiency of some of them. And for years, the, the issue was it was just so cheap to do two-by-four construction that, you know, it, it was tough for these different systems to compete. Uh, building materials have gone up so much in cost that it's actually where they can compete now, uh, you know, because a lot of a lot of uh, different systems. Well, uh, the one is a panel that's already coming out put together. The other is where you you're putting styrofoam forms up and filling it with concrete. And you know, I have I've used those ones several times, and they work extremely well. The cost of the forms, the, the styrofoam forms has gone up a little bit. But honestly, concrete has gone up, but not as much as other building materials have. So it's made it a lot more cost effective. Uh, the one thing you're going to have when you're done, you're going to have a tank for a house. Because when you build it out of, out of those concrete uh, walls and stuff, uh, you've got something that will handle the, the hurricanes and tornadoes and all the different things that we have hit here in uh, the Texas area. So, I personally, I don't have any issues out of any of them, but it still requires skilled labor, and the, the downside of them is there's fewer people who know how to use those type of systems than they are conventional construction. Okay, well, thank you very much for your input on that, Jim. Catherine in Dallas, how can I help you? Yes, uh, I'm looking at replacing my fence. It's about to fall down, and I've been thinking that I wanted to go with metal as opposed to wood, and just trying to see if that would be a reasonable thing to do. Uh, with metal, are you talking about for just the post, or are you talking about metal for the whole fence? The whole fence. Uh, uh, the ones um, like the wrought iron or something. That oh, I see. Them. Yeah. Well, it depends on how you, if you want privacy or not. The metal fences, like the wrought iron fences and stuff, they look gorgeous. Uh, and it gives you the ability to be able to see out and not feel so confined in your backyard because all you have is a wooden fence. And, you know, I was over at, uh, well, Chris Crock's house, actually, uh, last week and talking with him because I helped him with his fence a little bit. And... 
we we literally were talking about that. You know, houses that were built in the 50s, all of them had chain link fences, and they were typically the the four foot in height chain link. And you could see across. You didn't feel like you were enclosed in a yard. Then everybody went to the privacy fences, which were the wooden fences. Uh, but, you know, quite frankly, I, I like being able to see better. Uh, but it, it's just your personal preference. I will tell you the wrought iron is going to cost you quite a bit more than going back with a wooden fence, though. Okay. Well, both of my neighbors have wooden fence, so I already have the privacy of not seeing into either one of their backyards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, yeah, I, I, I just think that I was thinking that the wrought iron type of fencing would last longer and would hold up better, and you wouldn't have all of that worry about rainstorms and stuff hitting it. Well, it's it has other maintenance issues. A wrought iron fence has a rust issue, uh, which yeah. you periodically have to go out and and have them cleaned up and repainted and deal with with the rust issues and stuff. And quite frankly, if you use a product like Ready Seal on a wooden fence, you'll get as long out of that wooden fence as you will the wrought iron fence. Okay. Well. Okay. Thank you. Then. Oh, I have one you other bet. question. Sure. Go ahead. Um, uh, air conditioner guy was here the other day and he suggested that I change out my um, wall unit with all of my electrical things in it because my house is about 40 years old. Do I need to change okay. out that box? Are, are you talking about the breaker panel? Yes. Your electric box? Yes. You know, you still have the original one in there? Yes. It's probably time to change it then. Okay, okay. All right, thank you. You're welcome. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 